0: Hi everyone. This is Lindsay, one of the hosts of Yield Crime. Just wanted to give you a heads up that since you are listening to an earlier episode of Yield Crime, you may notice that the audio quality isn't the best. It does get better. I promise. If you are willing to stick with it, great. If you'd rather start with better quality audio, I would suggest skipping ahead to episode 19 when we purchased newer, better audio equipment. And on that note, thank you for listening and on with the show. Hey, listeners. Are you a fan of true crime? If you are listening to this podcast, then you most certainly are. During these strange times, are you looking for a new true crime podcast? Then you have found your new true crime obsession. My podcast, Riddle Me That True Crime, covers both older cases as well as current ones. I cover both well-known and more obscure cases, such as the Strange Death of Blair Adams, the cyanide coffee murder of Mirna Salihin and the disappearance of Sri Lanka's richest man, Upali Wijewardene. Riddle me that true crime is available on Apple, Google play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you. Now back to the show. Welcome to Yield Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Hi. Hi.
1: How are you? So good. That's good. You know, it's really funny. Mm. Um, so we look at your comments, and I'm... Like a sen- sensitive, delicate little flower. um So Lindsay goes through them, <laughs> and posts like positive ones to like this little private Google document that we have. Mm-hmm. And I love that everybody's like they just vibe so well. They're such a good sisterly dynamic, and I just I think that's really funny. Mm-hmm. I don't like we were we had a terrible sisterly dynamic like all growing up for a long ass time. We did. Yeah. <laughs> like 19 years yeah yeah <laughs> it was until I was in college that you were like I guess you're not trash <laughs> yeah I, well we were on totally
0: different like life stages
1: mm-hmm. yeah I I explain that to people too because so there's a six-year difference between us and they're every time they were like well why don't you get along with your sister it's like well when she started high school I started no when you were graduating high school I started middle school mm-hmm when I was graduating high school, you were getting married. Mm-hmm. You literally had a baby the day before I moved in for college. Yeah. Like, just totally different wavelengths. And it took um, you having a baby and me getting diagnosed with type 1 diabetes for us to be like, oh, hey, life is hard. Can we just like hang out? Yep.
0: <laughs> Can Pretty we make friends?
1: And then we were. And now we were. So speaking of that, this is our final birthday episode it is
0: this is the last birthday episode for the month of august celebrate it now so i have one correction <gasps> okay and this is one that
1: i kept forgetting to put in <laughs> <laughs> oh no so it's like an old correction it's an older correction It was isn't like the way back of the cubby and you just figured out that it's expired yeah oh bummer all right what what is it
0: Well, to be fair, I heard about it a while ago and then I was reminded about it again this week when I was at book club. So it's not too terribly old. Okay. So I will credit both people who told me. All right. Teresa from my book club. Yep. Who I love, as well as Emily, our friend from the Drink Drunk Dead podcast. At
1: least they were friends.
0: Yes. (laughs) They both told me that in episode six, the long pig episode with Alfred Packer. Yep. Remember the whole list of names that we that I said at the beginning of All the People? Yeah. And I couldn't remember what, or I didn't know what W.M. meant. Yes. That is shorthand for William. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that, but... No.
1: The more you know. You really don't have enough time to spell William? Apparently they didn't back then. I mean... I get it. You got places to be. It takes a few months, but <laughs> not everybody's okay. literate. So right? that's also fair. Very fair. Well, thank you, thank you guys for telling us. That's really helpful. Yep. William, I can I can sign all of things for Willie as W M. There you go. Yay! And it's a conversation starter. What does this mean? And they'll be like, "Ma'am, can you spell?" we will be like. No. (laughs) (laughs) I also don't read. (laughs) Is that why you drew a paw next to his name? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And you know what I just realized? What?
0: Because I'm the best person ever. Uh Uh-oh. I, in my sources, I sourced two videos that I didn't watch prior to saying, let's record, but I put them in my sources. So how about we do this fun thing where we go through the episode, and we watch it together.
1: Yes. I think that would be fun. I want to do that. So we will watch
0: both of them at the end. And maybe that can be like a a bonus thing
1: for our patrons. Hashtag trampoline. (laughs) Leave it in. (laughs) Leave it. Do not edit that
0: out, Lindsay. I was just going to check... Our Twitter, because earlier today, I discovered that we were almost at a thousand followers on Twitter. And at the time of this recording, we are sitting at 992. I'm going to check again at the end of this episode. And if we hit a thousand, I will do something. I don't know what, but I'll do something.
1: You know, it's kind of funny and horrible at the same time. Hmm. I don't know if I follow our podcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you were the worst
0: co-host ever. I don't even follow my own podcast. I don't know what's happening.
1: Oh, no. Um, yeah, that might be true. Hold on.
0: You could be 993. Yeah. Nope. I'm 994. <gasps> that means someone else snuck in in those two seconds yeah. when we were talking. Holy shit. Someone was fast. (laughs) Damn, son. That's cool. Sorry that I wasn't following It only took her to episode 13, folks, to
1: (laughs) follow our podcast. I do social good. Social media good, she does. I'm good at it. I'm good at the socials. Mm -hmm. Pound sign, trampoline, pound sign. So like we mentioned before, this is the last
0: of the birthday topics that Maddie picked for the month of August and I kind of
1: saved the best one for last cool on purpose I already forgot all of them so I'm very excited okay so today we are going to cover the case of the miniature fairy coffins that's right oh my god I'm so excited mm-hmm. fairy coffins why <laughs> why why just tell me why
0: Wow. So I had a lot of information on this one.
1: We need to watch videos about fairy coffins. (laughs) Hold up. Yes. Connected the dots. (laughs) And we're going to watch videos about fairy coffins. Yep, two of them. Oh my God. You guys better look at these sources. I'm so excited. Yes.
0: So, information for this episode was pulled from the following sources. And heads up, none of them are Wikipedia this week. Because Wikipedia can't handle fairy coffins. Wikipedia can't handle this shit.
1: Only the truth.
0: It's not ready for this jelly.
1: Pound sign, the truth is out there. Pound sign. So, I'm going to hit you with all my sources.
0: A 2018 Mental Floss article by Allison C. Meyer. A 2018 Amusing Planet article by Kaushik Patawari. I nailed it. 2018 the scotsman article a 2013 smithsonian article by mike dash the national museums of scotland website and then a 2015 video by the national museums of scotland and a 2020 video by simon ray of the edinburgh film company and links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes yay so picture this i'm ready in 1836 Three Scottish boys made a strange discovery on a hillside in Edinburgh under Arthur's seat. Today, we're going to talk about the miniature fairy coffins and the speculation on what they might
1: mean. I I think that means some fairies are dead. Dead fairies. I mean, it's the initial conclusion.
0: (laughs) Well, then you'd be wrong. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Gotta watch those videos.
0: So Arthur's Seat itself is a place of mystery. It's a long, dormant volcanic hill, which can be seen beyond Old Town, Edinburgh, and is one of the possible sites for King Arthur's Camelot. Okay. It was also home to the Celtic Votadini tribe back in 400 AD. Wow. It's also been the scene of a fictional encounter with Satan.
1: I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Spooky energy.
0: An 18th century murder ooh. and a medieval
1: miracle because dreams do come true. Was that, did it, did like a seat appear <laughs> when someone? I don't it, know. That's why they call it Arthur's seat. He's like, no, I really want a chair, and it magically appeared. And they're like, wow. Wow. It's so wow. comfy. <laughs> wow. We <he's> a zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so now we're going to talk about the event itself. Okay. The discovery.
1: Okay, the discovery with the three boys. Yes. Got it, I'm there. So a London Times article
0: from July 20th, 1836, which was written by Charles Fort, described how a small group of young boys were looking for rabbit holes on the northeast hills outside in Edinburgh when they stumbled upon a strange cache of 17 tiny coffins, each about three to four inches
1: long. Okay, I thought it was going to be like a couple. No, there were 17 of them. 17 tiny coffins. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be so cute and sad. <laughs> mm-hmm. And inside the coffins were tiny wooden
0: figures, each dressed uniquely in style and material. And the coffins were placed in tiers of eight coffins each, with a third tier holding only one coffin. So think like a layer of eight coffins side yeah. by side. Another another eight on top, and then one single one. Like a pyramid. Like the most lopsided pyramid ever. Like an isosceles triangle, if you will.
1: A very dark pyramid.
0: So, as you can imagine, upon this discovery, the local papers had a field day. Well, yeah. With claims ranging from creepy children's toys to the occult. Because, of course. I mean... The Scotsman published an article on July 16th, 1836... Screaming about satanic spell work is the cause. And I quote, Our opinion would be, had we not some years ago abjured witchcraft and demonology, that there are still some of the weird sisters hovering about Mouchet's Cairn or the Windy Gowl, who retain their ancient power to work the spells of death by entombing the likenesses of those they wish to destroy. End quote.
1: I mean, if I had the power, I'd do that. Yeah, fuck. We'll fight. (laughs) I'm gonna make a coffin that looks like you. (laughs) I'm gonna make a teeny tiny little person that looks
0: just like you and bury them.
1: Only with better clothes is the last insult. Oh, you wish you just like this when you were alive. I just picture like little
0: people in like Barbie clothes. Yeah, only it's like all velvet. Oh God, all of it. It's all just made out of like Berber carpet like leftovers.
1: (laughs) or or just like why is it so scratchy unfinished wool oh god but okay if this
0: were the case and witchcraft was truly the motive right why would the dolls have been placed so lovingly and carefully in this cave where they would be protected from the elements because
1: it was good witchcraft or maybe they needed to be preserved so that they could ensure the destruction of their enemies. (laughs) And like permanent destruction by keeping it preserved. (laughs) Maybe. Because if if it was
0: sorcery, you would think the effigies would have been like actually like mutilated in some fashion, right? Like.
1: Maybe not. Maybe they wanted to do something horrible, like keeping them frozen in time. Maybe. And keeping them in good condition would do it forever. Maybe I was one of those witches and that's how I know these things. (laughs) I should do a past life. Regression and be like, did I make those fairy coffins? Blink <laughs> once for you. Yeah. Hashtag trampoline time machine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Do me> today. <laughs> oh, on Patreon. <laughs> so, about a month later, in August of 1836, okay. the Edinburgh Evening Post proposed Ooh. another theory Jesus Christ, Willie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh no, are you, are you okay? Are you dying? Oh my God. I think that's the only reason why he's being pet right now is he wants to be burp. Okay, so let me go back and start that again.
0: Okay. About a month later, yep. in August of 1836, got it. the Edinburgh Evening Post proposed another theory, which was a little bit more grounded in reality. Quote, an ancient custom which prevailed in Saxony of burying an effigy departed friends who had died in a distant land, end quote.
1: Oh, and that would make sense why it would be preserved too. Mm-hmm. Like it's a tribute, not a yeah. curse. But why would they all look the same? They're all go into the same place when yeah. you're dead. And it's this weird Scientology thing where y'all got to look the same. Otherwise your feet levels are going to be all weird. Yeah. You can't go. You can't sit with them. They all die. They all died on Wednesdays.
0: <laughs> and they have to wear pink. You
1: can't sit with us. <laughs> they all die on Wednesday. That's, <laughs> that's
0: the truth. Sorry. So another local paper, the Caledonian Mercury. That is a cool ass name for a paper. That is a cool name for a paper. If we start our own paper, we'll call it something cool with like a planet, Pluto's Revenge.
1: <laughs> yeah. You doubted me. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm a planet. Dwarf this! See <laughs> so you never. The micro paper. <gasps> Perfect for these coffins. Oh my god. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> okay, what's his theory? Okay, so, quote, we have also heard of another superstition which exists among some sailors in this country that they enjoined their wives on parting to give them, quote, Christian burial, end quote, in an effigy if they happen to be lost at sea, end quote.
1: Okay, and that would make sense, too, if they were all the same, because it's probably just one person that's making all of these. Mm-hmm. So you get to choose your clothes based on ye old binary genders. Okay, so we'll say, say that's true. Yeah.
0: Regardless, George Douglish, who is was the keeper of Scottish history and archaeology at the National Museums of Scotland, Commented in a 2015 video that there is no evidence of such a burial practice taking place in Scotland. These sorts of practices actually occurred elsewhere in countries such as Germany.
1: Maybe there were a bunch of German immigrants that were like hanging out and they're like, hey, this cave's super nice. Let's leave all of our tiny coffins here. <laughs> Just to be safe. <laughs> yep. So either way, unfortunately,
0: fewer than half of the original coffins have managed to survive. Mm-hmm because boys are dumb a number of them had been destroyed when they began pelting
1: them at one another well i mean this is where you need video games okay <laughs> yeah or the hoop and the stick that yep. wasn't enough you know it's better than a hoop and a stick throwing a coffin at your friend <laughs> That's fun. That sounds fun. I'm sorry. It just sounds great. Instead of hot potato, it's tiny coffin. Tiny coffin. <laughs> <laughs> make sure they don't come out. <laughs> tiny coffin. Oh my God. Can someone make that? Oh my God. I want a tiny coffin now. <laughs> like like hands, uh, yes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if like the coffin opens, you lose. <laughs> like, yeah. If the little person falls out, it's just like, no. Every time you throw it, like the little latch goes, Oh, <laughs> man. like a timer. You just become if, cursed if the open. corpse falls out. Someone please make that. Oh, God. It'd be amazing. That'd be hilarious. Should we have a P.O. box? We should have a P.O. box. Maybe. That'd
0: be pretty cool. I'll see how expensive a P.O. box is. Send
1: me a trampoline. Jesus.
0: This <laughs> is a p.o I doubt it would fit in a P.O. box. We would just get a note saying, hey, you got this big-ass package it's in the just, back that you have to it's pick just up.
1: This is a really angry, passive-aggressive note from the Postal Service, the post office that doesn't exist anymore in my neighborhood because of <sighs> X, Y, and Z. I already don't have a post office, so. That's fine. That's fine. So kids are dumb. They're throwing it around, destroying sh- stuff. Yep. So the ones that survived
0: were eventually brought down from the hillside and ended up in the care of one Robert Fraser, a South Andrews street jeweler who displayed them in his private collection jeweler. until 1845, when they were auctioned off and sold for just four pounds, which would be about 112 pounds today.
1: That's not bad for a jeweler. Get some money. Well, it's nice that they gave it to a jeweler too, because they, I feel like in general, they know how to take care of delicate things uh-huh.
0: and over the years the collection was passed from one private collector to another until a set of eight was donated to the national museum of scotland by christina cooper of
1: Dumfrieshire in 1901 thank you christina it's very nice donating your nice little coffin dolls i mean i'm sure she said but i'm sure wherever she is yeah she appreciates our appreciation She's in one of those coffins now so she just
0: possesses one of the little she dolls earned it She earned it. So now we're going to go into the unsolved mystery. There's speculation on what actually happened and how the coffins were actually discovered. Aliens. (laughs) Ancient aliens. Take your scrunchie out and scroosh up your hair again. (laughs) Aliens. (laughs) So it came
1: out... (laughs) 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 that's it that's the end of the episode uh it It was aliens bye (laughs) this has been real have the rest of my notes it's fine (laughs) it's a short episode
0: so it came out years later in 1956 to be exact i know we're time traveling
1: aliens 50s
0: That it's entirely possible that the boys discovered the coffins after digging with some trowels on June 25th, 1836 on the south side of Arthur's seat. Because remember, they were looking for rabbit holes.
1: Right. So they're creating rabbit holes? I think they
0: were trying to dig out rabbit holes. Like they were trying to dig into the warren to catch the rabbits. I've read of Watership
1: Down. I know what a warren is. It's on Netflix and it's sad. It is sad.
0: It's a sad book.
1: If you read it or watch it, it's not our fault.
0: <laughs> yeah, I really hope you like bunnies and still like bunnies.
1: Go outside and uh, just uh, contemplate life. Sit in the sun for a minute. There you know? go. Jump rope. Do something fun. Play some Open jacks. Stick. <laughs> Open stick. Right? Throw a tiny coffin with a person. <laughs> <it happens. laughs> <You> no <know>. kid <laughs>
0: stuff. So after the discovery, their schoolmaster, a Mr. Ferguson, retrieved them from the hill and brought them home. Mr. Ferguson was a member of a local archaeological society, and after prying open the lids on the little coffins, he brought the collection to the next society meeting where the rest of his contemporaries were astonished by the unusual find. Now there is historical evidence that two Mr. Fergusons were living and working in Edinburgh during the year in question. Okay. There was a George Ferguson, who taught classics at Edinburgh Academy, and Findlay Ferguson, who taught English and math at Easter Duddingston. So it's believed that due to the relation of the cave, that the most likely teacher was Mr. Findlay Ferguson, as Duddingston is directly under the southern face of Arthur's seat. Okay. And it was also noted in the Scotsman newspaper that the area where the coffins were found looked like, quote, the mouth of this little cave was closed by three thin pieces of slate stone, rudely cut at the upper ends into a conical form, and so placed as to protect the interior from the effects of the weather, end quote.
1: Okay. It makes sense.
0: A later account stated that one of the slates was shaped like a headstone and inside the cave, which was about the size of a 12-inch cube, were placed the 17 little coffins. The Scotsman also included a description of the coffins and their contents. Quote, Each coffin contained a miniature figure of the human form cut out in wood, the faces in particular being pretty well executed. They were dressed from head to foot in cotton clothes And decently laid out with a mimic representation of all the funereal trappings which usually form the last habiliments of the dead. The coffins were about three or four inches in length, regularly shaped, and cut out from a single piece of wood, with the exception of the lids, which are nailed down with wire sprigs or common brass pins. The lid and sides of each are profusely studded with ornaments formed with small pieces of tin and inserted in the wood with great care and regularity, end quote.
1: That's a nice detailed account. Yeah.
0: Like if you see pictures of these, like they're extremely detailed, like especially the coffins. Yeah. And we'll post pictures on our social media so you can see them. But but this still begs the question, you know, where did they come from and what do they mean? And this is a mystery that's been up for debate pretty much since their discovery. Right. So, we're gonna go through several of the theories. Okay. One, aliens. Two, one of the most popular theories is that the coffins were part of some spell work or represented mimic burials, perhaps for sailors' lost at sea. Cult stuff. Three. <laughs> so, even though it's been noted time and again that the coffins and dolls seem to be under various states of decay, It's hard to say if that's actually true. Remember that these were found by a group of punk ass kids that decided (laughs) it was cool to throw them at each other like a bunch of schmucks instead of being like cool witchcraft or something and like grabbing some adults so they could figure out what the fuck they were. Hmm. And it's more likely that the ones on the lowest tier in the nook where they were found were exposed to water damage. Yeah. While the ones nearest the top weren't as affected. Right. And if if this is the case, then the theory that they were all buried over a span of several years is debunked. Yeah. Because obviously water's going to collect at the bottom. It's not going to, it's not like heat where it rises and collects at the top. It's fair. And in fact, the fairy coffins were studied extensively by Alan Simpson, a former president of the Royal Scottish Society of Arts, and Samuel Menefee, Senior Associate of the Center for National Security Law at the University of Virginia. And this took place in the 1990s. Okay. And these are their findings. Aliens. Aliens. (laughs) So two of the coffins were originally painted pink or red, with the interior of one being lined with paper that was made with rag fiber, and this dates them to some time after the 1780s, based on the paper. Okay. Each coffin is a hollowed out solid piece of wood with lids held in place by variously sized pins driven through the sides and the ends of the coffin base. The type of wood used to craft the coffins has been identified as Scots pine.
1: Or as the
0: Scots call it, pine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the type of tool used to make the coffins was most likely a hooked knife that was very sharp because of the clean cuts in the interior of the coffins. And they also hypothesized that the person who made them was not a woodworker by trade as they did not use the tools that would have given them the most control over what they were doing, which is why none of them are uniform in shape.
1: So it was like a hobbyist, essentially. hmm
0: And due to the variations in size and styles, it's believed that two people may have constructed the coffins, as most of them have square
1: cut corners, but three of them have pronounced rounded edges. So somebody came in and was like, these are trash. I can do better. (laughs) And then they were like, sand it, sand it, sand (laughs) it, sand it. Noobs.
0: The tinned iron that was used as decoration seemed to be the same materials used for shoe buckles at that period in time, which led researchers to believe that it may have been a shoemaker or leather worker who made the coffins. Maybe a leather worker's kid. Maybe. And the figurines are all fairly uniform in proportions and crafted from close-grained white wood. Some have arms. But several figurines had them removed so they could fit the figure neatly in the coffin.
1: Terrifying. So they still,
0: if you look at the pictures, they still have the arms, but instead of them being attached to the body itself, they're just like resting on top of the body in the coffin. And it's believed that they were all part of a set and repurposed for the burial, perhaps from a set of toy soldiers. Dark. (laughs) and the reason they have they have this theory is that the figures themselves have indentations that lead researchers to believe they originally wore hats and the carefully carved lower half of the body is shaped as if they were wearing tight knee breeches and hose while the feet are blackened to indicate ankle boots which is what military would have worn around that time okay And you'll notice that the figure's eyes are open, which suggests they were not carved to represent corpses whose eyes would have been closed.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. The clothes themselves are a mix of single-piece suits made from fragments of cloth that were then molded around the figures and sewn into place. And some of the figures have clothing that has adhesive underneath but none of the outfits represent what traditional grave clothes would have looked like. And the fabrics themselves are, are all cheap and made from plain woven cotton, although one is clad in a checkered fabric, and three of them have commercially inked patterns on the cotton. Hmm. So after careful analysis, the pair of Simpson and Menefee believe the figures date to around the 1790s, But after the cloth was examined by Naomi Tarrant, a curator of European textiles at the National Museum of Scotland, she believes it's more likely that they were buried in the 1830s due to the fact that one of the figures had been sewn into his clothes with a three-ply blend of cotton thread that only came into use in the 1830s in Edinburgh.
1: So someone like had just done it? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a whole setup. So bearing all that in mind, mm-hmm.
0: all three of them agree that the burials took place sometime between 1800 and 1830. Okay. And they think that they all took place at the same time, not over the course of several years.
1: That makes sense.
0: Which led them to believe that it was an event-based burial. So what event took place in Edinburgh? Close to 1830, Uh but before 1836, when they were discovered, that involved at least 17 deaths. Any guesses?
1: Uh, Hurricane Sandine. You're very close. (laughs) (laughs) It was none other
0: than the Westport murders conducted by William Burke and William Hare between 1827
1: and 1828. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, so this fabric could be from, like, the victims. Yes. Oh, oh, no. And those kids were just, like, throwing them at each other. I know. Oh, God. This escalated so fast. Now I really wish it was aliens. Oh, my
0: God. Okay. So since <laughs> the story of Burke and Hare is super long and involved, I'm just going to give you the TLDR version of the story. Okay.
1: For those that don't know, what is TLDR? Too long, didn't read.
0: That's a Reddit-ism. So basically, Cliff Notes version for all of you olders. Burke and Hare were two Irish laborers working in Edinburgh in the late 1820s that turned a profit by working as grave robbers and selling fresh corpses to medical schools. The bulk of their victims were poor and less likely to be missed, 17 to be exact, only one of which passed from natural causes. The rest were burked, which is a term that means they were smothered to death as hair would cover the nose and mouth of their victim while burke would lay on their chest so they couldn't breathe. Ugh. The pair were eventually caught with Hare turning on Burke during the trial for which Burke was convicted and hanged for the slayings. So that's the real watered down version of Burke and Hare. Okay. So the theory that Simpson and Manaphy proposed is that the figures were made by someone who knew the pair as a way of burying the victims who were all dissected at the medical schools in Edinburgh and thus never given a proper burial. There's a fatal flaw in this theory, though. Okay. Do you know what it is? No. Twelve of their 17 victims were female, and all of the figures were dressed in male attire.
1: Maybe they only knew how to make male bodies. This is true. Because it would have been easier in wood. Yeah. Less bumps. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't know how to carve breasts. <laughs> I've never seen them. I don't know how to make a candle. Let's do that. So if these really were effigies meant to commemorate the victims of Burke and Hare, mm-hmm. it's possible they were created due to the belief that one needed a complete body on Resurrection Day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And as all of their victims, including Burke himself, were dissected following their deaths, they would not have been able to
1: ascend. Okay. And just a general doll shape would have been a complete body. Correct. So there's
0: another mystery to add to this tale. Of course. Which is the donation of a quote-unquote 18th coffin, which was received by the National Museum of Scotland in December of 2014. It came with a note that quoted the climax of Robert Louis Stevenson's short story, The Body Snatcher, which was originally published in 1884 and includes elements of the real story of Birkenhair. Quote, And as Fetz took the lamp, his companion untied the fastenings of the sack and drew down the cover from the head. The light fell very clear upon the dark, well-molded features and smooth, shaven cheeks, of a too familiar countenance, often beheld in dreams of both of these young men. A wild yell rang up into the night. Each leapt from his own side into the roadway. The lamp fell, broke, and was extinguished. And the horse, terrified by this unusual commotion, bounded and went off toward with it sole occupant of the gig, the body of the dead and long dissected gray, end quote.
1: Bummer right (laughs)
0: sounds
1: like a not so great time so this
0: replica which I have pictures of and I will include it in our Instagram is a beautiful reproduction of the original 17 but the original sender remains unknown which is kind of cool it's
1: a fairy aliens it's an alien that thought fairies were cool so that it looked like a fairy he was like
0: I know this story I'm gonna fuck with these people some more Yep. And in a 2018 article in The Scotsman, an author and amateur historian named Jeff Nisbet believes he's cracked the mystery of the (laughs) fairy coffins.
1: Lay it on me. Jeff. (laughs) Jeff. Jeff.
0: Noting an event that was a blip in the history books, the Radical War of 1820, Nisbet believes the coffins are a memorial to a political movement and those killed during this war for supporting it. According to Nisbet, many poor workers and weavers in the area had been arrested after a series of protests and strikes took place aimed at improving working conditions and pay. Many of those who were arrested found themselves exiled to Australia while the ringleaders were executed. Awesome. And following this... Many supporters of the movement became indentured servants put to work building what would become known as Radical Road around Arthur's seat. Hmm. But why the coffins? Like, what was their connection to all of this? Nisbet believes that the figures were meant to keep the quote-unquote flames of rebellion alive, as well as honor those who lost their lives fighting to improve conditions for the poor and working class.
1: That makes sense.
0: So what are your thoughts? Are these representations to commemorate the women and men who died at the hands of Burke and Hare? Are these memorials for victims of the Radical War?
1: Effigies of sailors lost at sea? When did the indentured servants start working over there? It didn't say. When was the Radical War? 1820. I think it's that. Really? Yeah, that makes sense to me that like somebody is like, if you're an indentured servant after trying to get your rights back and potentially have your friends die for believing in something, I feel like you'd want to not necessarily like curse the people that you're working for, but like have something where like, this is us like sticking it to the man, but like it's still a secret oh. so I think that, that that makes sense to me especially, and it would make sense too if they were the majority would be male as well for the movement because typically even if there were females involved males would be persecuted or pros, prosecuted mm-hmm. more than that's true. the women so that's true I think that's it because like The victims, it it makes sense in a way, but like, if you were if you were wanting to commemorate the victims or like give them a proper burial, I don't think you would hide it like that. It makes sense that like the radical movement coffins would be hidden. It's like a, that's true. This is something we're sneaking onto your land. Fuck you guys. Uh You've got no clue. And And then a bunch of kids ruined it and they were like, shut up. (laughs) <laughs> Shut up Greg. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it was the last one. What do you think? I don't know.
0: I don't know that I have strong feelings one way or another. It's fair. I think I kind of don't want to know cuz I think the mystery itself is what makes it really cool.
1: Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I like the mystery. I like the mystery a little bit. I think that's cool. a well, cool story. Thank, Thank you. For mm-hmm.
0: So this week's podcast feature is very um on brand because it's the Riddle Me of That podcast. And it's run by our friend Jules. And it's a true crime podcast but they're all cases that are unsolved or have some sort of mysterious aspect to them. Okay. And I love the way that she covers these cases because she will present the facts and then she'll ask questions of the listener. She'll be like, okay, so here's all the information, but does it seem right? Does it make sense? Do you think that the, how things are being presented um, are really how they are? So it's, and she does a beautiful job with her research. She does a wonderful job. So I highly encourage all of our listeners to go check out the Riddle Me That podcast. And I will have a link to it in the show notes. Yay. And last but not least, we have another
1: listener story today. Yay, listener story. Who is it? Who wrote in?
0: It is from our friend Emily at Drink Drunk (gasps) Dead. Emily I'm ready okay so Emily says all right so I'm gonna tell you about an experience I had many years ago that I don't talk about a whole lot because people think I'm crazy it was in my old house which was a turn of the 20th century home and it was during the winter time all of our windows and two of our three exterior doors were all plasticed up so you know like how you cover them up yep. in the winter um, to keep out mm. the cold
1: mm-hmm.
0: she said one night my husband went to stay with one of his friends." And my best girlfriend came over to stay with me and my baby son. We had been in the house since around 7 p.m. And we woke up the next morning, then probably around 10 a.m. We were making breakfast and coffee and just having a relaxing morning. We went into the kitchen and we started to hear a strange noise. So we looked around trying to figure out where this noise was coming from. And as we looked up towards the ceiling near the refrigerator, which had a little set of inset lights, we saw a female sparrow Fly out of the wall. And we were absolutely flabbergasted. We saw this with our naked eyes. She wasn't sitting on the light sockets. She wasn't sitting on the refrigerator. She came out of the wall. Whoa. Yeah. Many people have asked us both whether the bird could have gotten in through the chimney, but that's impossible because our fireplace was completely bricked off. So there was no entrance. Our attic had a separate door, which was also sealed up because of winter, and there were no other entryways, only the front door. We'd been in the house for over 12 hours without opening any doors. I know there was no other way for that bird to get inside. We managed to capture the very frightened female bird and Mm -hmm. take her outside and set her free, but we never did figure out how she got inside or why she would look like she's coming directly out of the wall hope you guys enjoyed my very strange experience it's a glitch in the matrix see and my first thought when i read that was Ghostbird. bird <laughs> i was like great you just to reach you just released an interdimensional sparrow into the wild talk about an invasive species <laughs> nice you're so sensitive i am so sensitive yeah but that's crazy that's insane it could totally be a glitch in the matrix.
1: I think it's a glitch in the matrix. Some sort of pol- portal or something. Yep. Nuts. Bananas. How was your birthday, Lindsay?
0: How was my birthday? Um, it, was, it was okay. No, it, <laughs> it was good.
1: It was okay. It was
0: all right. Um, it was good. So my birthday was on a Friday this year. So oh I took the day off of work. Awesome. So I can do that as a 37-year-old lady. 37-year-old lady. And we went, we being me and my husband and my two daughters, went to Stillwater, Minnesota, where they have some really nice trails. And we grabbed some lunch while we were there, have like a picnic lunch. And we're kind of cool in that My husband has a one wheel like skateboard thing. And my oldest has a skateboard that's been tricked out with an electric pack. So she can.
1: So she can do a similar thing.
0: Yep. So it's got a remote control and we also have an electric scooter. So it was Thomas on the one wheel, Sephi on her electric skateboard and Serafina and I on the electric scooter. Nice. So we just kind of like were zipping around the trails, which was fun. Sounds fun. And um, it was a really nice day. When we were out, we got some Mediterranean food for dinner on the way home. Nice. Filfala in Minneapolis, if you ever have a chance to go there, they make their own Turkish bread and their own hummus. Yum. It is amazing. And you get a lot of food for like cheap like it's, yeah. it's, it's a good deal. So, so that was fun. You guys came over for my birthday on Saturday. Yep. And we had a little outdoor social, social distance, distance friendly party. Yep. No, you guys came over on Sunday because I got stung by ground bees on Sunday.
1: That's right. That's right. It was Sunday.
0: Yeah. I discovered that the ground bees that used to be living underneath some bushes in the front of my yard decided they wanted to move into the siding on the side of my house that's right next to my deck. So as I was brushing all the shit off on my deck for this party that was going to take place, I got stung by a ground bee, and those hurt really fucking bad. Yep. Stings in general are not great. Yeah. So I found a can of Raid, and I sprayed the ever-living shit out of where they live. Absolutely. I think they are all dead now. Good, that's what you get, fuckers. That's my house. <laughs> get out of my house. I do think I'm allergic though, because that my arm was swollen for like three days. Mm. So that's no good. I'm sorry. So that was fun. Rather than the bees being bitches, it was a pretty good birthday weekend. Good. Yay! 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 Did you get
1: your? gaming console so you can start playing Sam and Max I did and I have and it's awesome and I have no regrets um I've already won so like there's like five stories and I sent Santa to hell so nice killing it (laughs) it's just like I remembered it's it's just like I remembered that's awesome great it's so great I recommend it. If you guys are okay with the graphics being very, very slow, like, real slow, um, it's worth it. And it was, I think what the funniest part was, is you know how, like, when you have a Wii, they have, like, the me area where you can, like, find other me's in your area? Mm-hmm. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> go back to 2008 I can find some friends (laughs) time travel trampoline but I I was like let's just see it I hit hit like the parade (laughs) thing and like I didn't even show up (laughs) my was like this is embarrassing (laughs) so I actually really enjoyed that I thought that was funny that's awesome like it's such an old thing that yep that's cool Yeah, I enjoy it a lot. So
0: you can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com and follow us on social media at yieldcrimepod on Twitter and yieldcrimepodcast on Instagram. You can also email us at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear what you think of the show, if it's nice things you're going to say, any stories you'd like to share, also fun things. And if you just
1: want to tell us that we're pretty, Which we always appreciate. Always.
0: And if you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider giving us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, because that really helps us out. And if you like us a lot, you can also support us at Yeo Crime Podcast on Patreon or by purchasing some of our merch on TeePublic. And we will have links to both of those in the show notes
1: and as always i'm lindsay and i'm madison and we'll